Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Episode 370 with a bang. Bang. It's uh, the 5th of December. Welcome to another episode. It's uh, flying along, isn't it? It's Christmas is almost here. Uh, what else is going on? Not much. That's just Christmas. That's about it. Uh, so, yeah. So, thanks to Aussie Tech Ed Web Hosting, azhwebhosting.com.au, uh, where you can find nice little shared web hosting services for your blog or business page. If you're not happy with the other provider that you're with, Come and have a look at us, athwebhosting.com.au. Now, we're going to move straight into the show. We're not going to muck around tonight. Jace is on screen. He's back from his two-week absence. How you going, Jace? How you doing? Not too bad. Good. Good. Uh, sporting a haircut and yep. red T-shirt. Yeah. Great. Is that uh, taking after the master? Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not indeed? And all the way over there in sunny Perth, because it's still only five, well, it's nearly six o'clock now. Hello, Shane. Hello, Glenn. Hey, Wallop. Hey, everyone else. How are we all? Good. Yeah. Now, what, what's new with you, Shane? Still plugging along over there? Sunny sunny Perth? Yeah. Yeah, it's not so sunny today. Now, it's a little bit kind of muggy and overcast, a bit too tropical for my liking. Oh, well, that's no good. Well, you're not going to get any better up on the Gold Coast. It's, uh, it was pretty warm today, and... Yeah, that's about it. Pretty warm, pretty warm. No sign of any <laughs> rain. Bit of a spit, but that was about it. All right, uh, look, uh, let's start off with an email, eh? I got an email from... Who did I get an email from? I got an email from... What's his name? I think it's Jeff. Some dude. Some dude. Hang on, I, I didn't even put Wake his... up, Jeff! I think, it, I think it's Jeff. I'm sorry, but I think it's Jeff. Uh, hey, guys, check out the latest app. He makes apps for the uh, iOS. How's that? That's what I drank. Little I drank. Uh, just uh, this is his spiel. Just in time for the festive season, keep track of the drinks you have. Oh, that's what I'm after. Take photos and selfies and see them uh, all on one screen. Speaking of selfies, has anyone seen that selfie camera stick that's getting sold off Kogan? Kogan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to laugh, go and have a look at that. Uh, jumping Kogan selfie camera pole or something. Um, okay, so back to uh, I drank. Take photos there, selfies there. All good to keep track of how much money you have spent and uh, any reviews or feedback would be greatly appreciated. So that's in the iTunes store. Go and have a look at that. Uh, he's got a few out. I think he's got, I actually bought one a little while ago. He's uh, What I Got. And it's like a little stock taking, stock keeping inventory app. And it's really handy because once you put your inventory or whatever into it, then if you're, you know, you're on the road or you're out of your car or whatever, or whatever you may be doing, all you have to do is to deplete one item, you just swipe it. You, find, you go down the picture, find it, swipe it, and it just automatically minuses one out. So that's not too bad. And he has got another one in the, in the I series. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. And I'm sure uh, it'll be on the iTunes there review. So, yeah, good on you. It's always good to see uh, little good little ideas like this coming out from uh, good old Aussies. So, uh, and I think Warlock is not a, not a 
not ashamed to uh, make a little app either, are you, Jace? You make a little no, app. Every now and then, I'm uh, starting to go into miniaturising. I'm looking for a new uh, future for apps, a new platform. This little fella. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's the smartwatch. Pebble smartwatch. Yes. Yeah, so you've had that now for a couple of weeks because you haven't been on the show. I've been meaning to ask you about that. Give us a, yeah, give us a rundown. Yeah, I love it. Really awesome. You can see one on there at the moment, which is a watch face app called uh, Glance. And it connects to an app that runs on your Android phone, which uh, sends through uh, how many unread messages you've got in your Gmail account, uh, how many uh, SMS messages that are unread, and how many missed phone calls you've had, nice. and also the current weather and date and time so you can see the little cloud on there saying cloudy and the temperature as well uh that's just one of them it's uh you can also use that particular app to, to program in from the uh, android app a set of six uh, responses for sms messages so if you're driving along or you're busy cooking dinner or whatever and uh, somebody sends you a message hey uh the show's on tonight meet us at the usual place at 8 p.m for the party you can just click a couple of buttons and send back okay or cheers or yeah, mate, no worries, and uh, it'll send it straight from your watch through the phone to uh, to your friend. Nice. Now, did that was a that didn't look like a colour screen? Was that is that right? Is that a colour? That's screen? right. Yeah, it's monochrome, but uh, that keeps the cost down mm. and uh, also keeps the battery from not going down too quick. There's a uh, Samsung made a Galaxy Gear watch, but you have to recharge it about every. 10 hours or so. This one you can usually get away with charging it about once a week. Okay, that's, and, not, that's uh, pretty good. It just keeps everything going. Yeah. And uh, how... got, uh, you can have like uh, eight different uh, watch faces installed on it, plus applications. So there's another example. It's got uh, digital and analog. And uh, you can set up two different time zones on that one to have uh, Sydney time and Melbourne time or something like that, and it'll show them both on there at the same time for you. Right. And how much does that set send you uh, set you back? About one hundred and sixty three dollars Australian. And so, so you want to start uh, uh, making s some apps for the watch? Is that right? Yeah, I can do a. Oh, um, nice. There's a lot of sample code, so you can uh, get it from GitHub usual place people keep their sample code and uh, start modifying that, create your own apps, uh, create little bitmaps and uh, animations. People have got things like uh, the most popular one is a Domokun that chomps the time every minute with his mouth. Right. There's uh, a little Mario that hits his head on the blocks that have got the time in it and changes the time. There's one uh, popular one at the moment if on uh, mypebblefaces.com, which is where you can download a lot of these for free. Uh, shoots a little uh, light down from the top, picks up the numbers, shoots them up the top, and then drops down <laughs> the next numbers. So it's like a beam me up, Scotty type thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. A lot of oh. fun. You don't want to have something that goes every second. If it's got a second hand on there, it'll drain the battery a lot faster because the screen is updating. But if there's you only update once a minute, which is the standard ones that I tend to use, then the battery will last for a very long time. Yeah, and okay. it's great because. Anytime you get a notification on your Android or iOS device, you can uh, send whichever ones you like to there. So uh, if I get an email comes in, my watch vibrates and I can just have a quick look on there and dismiss it. Uh, nice. If I get SMS messages, I can read those. Uh, if I get a phone call, I can uh, reject the call from the device or you can just pick up your phone if you wanted to answer it. 
Mm. And um, it'll keep a list of recent notifications in case you missed a couple of them. You can go back and uh, go through them. So oh, right. it's really quite funky. You know, you, you wonder, is it really worth it? But once you've had it for a little while, you end up loving it. People, little quirks and fun things like, you know, you're washing the dishes and you don't want to have to take your phone out just because you've got a message or if you're driving along and um, you don't want to be looking at your phone. I just saw something in the news today that uh, New South Wales police are cracking down on people who have got their phones and using them in the car right. so you can be driving along and it'll, your, your arm will buzz you just have a flip your arm over you can see there's a message from your girlfriend click down there to read it and then delete and you're still going and uh, you don't even have to stop the car if it's just make sure you bring the milk mm. yeah and so uh well you were mentioned about doing the uh washing up are they waterproof yes to uh five atmospheres what the hell is that? Mean? People go take it. <laughs> atmospheric pressure is how deep you can go. Right. It's not really, really deep, but you, a lot of people uh, take it for a daily swim. They take it in the shower, right. you know, whatever that kind of thing. You don't want to go from extreme hot to extreme cold because, like anything else, it's going to cause a problem. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to take it swimming or in the shower because I never do that with my watches, but it just says it's nice to know that if you're out and about and uh, – it starts pouring down rain, you're not going to have to try and whip it off and shove it in your pocket or try and cover it up so it doesn't get wet yeah. because it's not going to matter. Yeah, the side, right. it, it has a uh, proprietary charger, which you can see the connection at the side there, and it snaps on like uh, the MacBook Pro charger with magnet. Oh, so, nice. Um, the reason they do that, not because they want to sell lots of chargers and not let you use a standard Android one, Sure. But um, <laughs> because they need to make it waterproof. So if you had one of those where you right. poke it in there, then water yep. will get stuck in there. Yep. This one has just got the contacts on the outside, so yeah, the water right. doesn't get into it. Interesting. Well, we look forward to your first app, Jace, and uh, see, see what it does. <laughs> I'll Good show stuff. it to you once it's done. You'll see it live here first. World premiere. <laughs> exclusive, exclusive, oh, exclusive. We need some of those. You know, got to boost the rating somehow. We need yeah. some world premieres. We'll put. I'll give. I'll send you that little square of red carpet. Uh, stand on while you do it. <laughs> All right, Shano, give us a uh, rundown on uh, this week in tech history. What's happened over the millennia uh, on this week, please? I will. Let me just scroll back up. GG top. Right, the ones that will interest us are on December three. <clears throat> December 3, 1994, the PlayStation game console went on sale in Japan. 1994. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that long ago. 20 years ago. My goodness, 20 years ago. I remember... Because what up to, yeah, I remember... Like, they've only just released the haven't they? The latest one. Yeah, that's the four, isn't it? Yeah. I remember in television, you know, uh, the Ataris. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, also December 3, 2001, in Bryant Park in Manhattan, inventor Dean Kamen unveiled a secret project which he codenamed Ginger that Steve Jobs reportedly said would cause cities to be re-architected. Architected? Yeah. Uh, the Segway personal transporter has become iconic for male cops, which I didn't know existed, and uh, male men. Isn't it? Is it male cops or mall cops? It might be mall, actually, now it's that you pointed it out to me. I think it's mall. Yeah, it could be mall. Yeah, because there are heaps of male cops around. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so more. No, as in M A I L, as in like email. Oh, those ones. Well, you know the uh, the Segway. Apparently, there's been a little business on the Gold Coast up here with the Segways. You know, you're supposed to be able to you hire them out and buzz around the town, but apparently they've been banned. This is late breaking news, like from last week. <laughs> apparently, they've been banned. But banned, and uh, so the, obviously the guy that hires them out is not too happy. But uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't think they're that dangerous. I've never ridden one. Has anyone here ridden one? No. no, I can't even balance them two feet, let alone on one of them. <laughs> yeah, but I don't they think have, have... Uh, tours on the uh, central coast, like uh, tours across, you know, land and through the bush, but uh, nothing on the roads. Yeah, right. I don't think they're hard to balance. I think don't they just uh, automatically just stand up? Like they just automatically yeah, just just scope in it to keep it upright. Yeah, so I don't think it's too hard. Uh, all right, keep going, Shane, please. Uh, December 5th, 1901, at 2156 Trip Avenue in Chicago, uh, Elias and Flora welcomed their new baby boy into the world. They had no idea at the same time that Mickey Mouse had also come into the world, along with their son, Walt Disney. 1901. Jeez, that's a long time. Yeah, so, he's, he's old. Yeah, um, well, Mickey mm. Mouse. So you say Mickey Mouse, that was his birthday, 1901. No, no, it was Walt Disney's birthday, but oh, because right. of the whole copyright thing. Right, they noted at the same time that Mickey Mouse had also come into the world along with their son, Walt Disney. Because it's the life of the, it's the, life of the creator plus whatever, whatever the rule right. is these days. Okay, all right, and the last one, please. <laughs> uh, December 5th, 1901 as well, physicist Werner Heinsberg was born. We may not know both his precise position and his precise momentum at the same time, but we were certain that he was born in Würzburg, Germany. So he's the guy that, for the physicists or the Big Bang Theory aficionados, he's the guy that has the, the, um, what's the word? Mess lab. The principle where it says in quantum physics you cannot know the speed of something or the position of something at the same time because to know one you have to kind of cancel out the other. Oh, yep. he must have been smart. Uh, yeah, so Werner Heisenberg. That just reminded me of the Breaking Bad, which I've just finally, and thank goodness, finished. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Not thank goodness in a bad way. Well, in a, in a good way, because it was just taking all my free time. Like I'd, I'd, uh, I'd do all this up of a Thursday night, edit the show and everything, and it'd be about 11.30. I just had to watch the next episode, you know. So I'm glad that it's <laughs> over. Um, that's finished. And uh, I think you got one more. Sorry, Shane. I, I didn't see that one snuck down the bottom there. What, what's that one? Uh, yeah, December 7, 1999, six months after its birth, Napster is sued by the Recording Industry Association of America. The industry refused, yeah, refuses to settle, thus ensuring that the digital music sales will remain low for years to come. Yeah, so did you used to use Napster? No, I um, I didn't really. I've never really got into the download kind of thing. I mean, I've even recently I've only downloaded a couple of movies and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like to... I said the other day, I think. Well, yeah, Maria still buys DVD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I never used. Uh, I mean, I use Napster. I'm not a big music person, but yeah, I remember. I remember using it. Jason, you used it? Yeah. Yeah. I used Napster. Of course, it was a lot of fun and. Uh... You could message people in that one. I remember seeing a funny thing on the internet where this guy was downloading a copy of a uh, file through Napster from another guy 
And then uh, when it finished, the guy he downloaded it from was was downloading it back from him again. It's like, what's going oh. on? He said, I'm getting my damn flail back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, look, speaking of music, that's probably a good way to go into my first story when I can find it, because I do remember having a story about music, and it was all about music and Spotify. So a couple of a nice little... Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Spotify reveals artists earn 0.007 cents per stream. So that's not a, that's not a lot of money in anyone's language. The company said it paid an average of point, well, what is that? Point seven cents per play, according to figures. So it's just a tickle under a cent for every time it's played, according to figures on this new website. Uh, explaining its business model, Spotify said it had paid more than one billion US in royalties since its launch in 2008. Spotify said it has kept just 30% of the money from the subscriptions to its premium service and advertising. So therefore, you would be imagining that the 70% has gone back to the people that actually make the whole project go, the artists. Using a series of charts, the Spotify website has illustrated how much a niche indie album could earn, which is 3,300 per month, compared to a breakthrough indie album, 76,000 per month, a Spotify top 10 album, 145,000 a month, and what it calls a global hit album, $425,000 a month in royalties. Currently, with 6 million subscribers worldwide, Spotify said several artists were paid more than $3 million in 2013. Um, earlier this year, Radiohead singer Thorne York pulled material from the site in protest of how much its artists get paid. So there you go. There's a roundup on Spotify. If you use Spotify, now you know how much it costs each song or how much they well not how much it costs but if each stream is costing 0.7 percent then that relates to there's probably millions of streams going around at the time so um not sure how much yeah. money they would be getting yeah. another uh, music discovery um site just closed down this week uh, turntable.fm oh okay never heard of it never will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, finished, finished. And um, oh, look, speaking of Will, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an update of what's going on with Will. Um, I meant to at the top of the show, but just he, you, just, <laughs> he just reminded me. <laughs> well, look, his internet's still not working. He's, he, was, he has Optus Cable, which was, didn't work. So then he thought he, he, he'd, he'd hook up with Sprintel ADSL, but that didn't work. So he's got rid of the ADSL, and he's just limping along back with the Optus cable. So that's his story. So when he gets his internet sorted, we'll have him back. Uh, that's all I had to say about that. So um, <laughs> what area does he live in? Ipswich. West of right. Brisbane sort of thing. Scratch that off the list. Yeah, <laughs> put that one off the list. But hey, well, well while you're like, uh, for those that don't know, Shane, he's thinking, just thinking of uh, maybe moving a locale. But look, I'd, I'd say you'd want to take this opportunity, wouldn't you, to make sure you moved into an MBN-ready area. That could be the a good attraction for an area for you. There's not too yeah, many. Usually housing estates are all set up for that already. Penrith, here I come. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no, you, you want to find somewhere. We've got one in the next suburb, housing estate. You have? MBN. That's, an early, that's an early segue into your other podcast, wasn't it? 
All right. Um, uh, Jace, what, what have you got for us this week? Sydney has finally switched off analogue television. Yeah. Analogue television signals have been switched off in Sydney and surrounding areas with the digital-only reception taking over. The permanent switch took place at 9am on Tuesday. The switchover is Australia's largest to date with more than 1.7 million households involved, bringing the national tally of switched homes to more than 8.7 million nationwide. Federal Government's Digital Switchover Task Force says there are only two regions left to change. On December 10, Melbourne and remote and central Australia, including areas in Northern Territory outside of the Darwin switchover region, will compete, complete Australia's switch to digital-only TV. People who have not converted to the option of switching to digital TV or attaching a digital set-top box or digital recorder to their analogue TV will have this. They won't, they won't have much. They won't have much. They'll be having a lot of snow. If I'd you say. like snow, yeah, you might like snow. Yeah, it'd be like snow. Uh, that, who, what's going to happen on the analog channel? Who knows? But I think we had a, we had some stats last week or the other week. There's still, you know, quite a few of these. Not quite a few, but there's a small amount of analog TV still out there. Oh, I just I just have a bit of a laugh to myself every time I see one in someone's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, places like the US, they're looking at um, putting uh, internet through where the analog used to be. Once the uh, frequency are freed up, and uh, also white space between other channels too. So yeah, wasn't Google thinking about buying up some of that space? I think they mm. were look interested in uh, that bandwidth there. So uh, I think Microsoft were looking at it as well, doing tests in the US. Oh right, so that space will be it's it's forgotten but not gone. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, what's your name, Shane? Hello. <laughs> Hello. How you going? <laughs> <laughs> what, what stories have you got for us this week? Good to meet everyone for the first time tonight. And can I get your photos up in time? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what can we do first? Uh, oh, yeah, we'll do this one. Uh, new malware can jump air gaps using inaudible sound. So this is a story where a team of computer scientists have developed a new breed of malware that can leap between devices using inaudible audio signals and then convert, uh, covertly transmit hang on and then covertly transmit passwords and other sensitive data without network connection using just built-in microphone and speakers the researchers can transmit passwords and other small quantities of data over well done distances of <laughs> 20 meters Talk, uh, talking to us technica and it just goes on to kind of go into a bit more detail of how they um, and here's a bunch of squiggly it. lines that represent audio. Yes. <laughs> Waveforms. That's what they are for those little technophobes and audiophobes. They look like somebody's biorhythm patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be mine. Mine would just be... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, look down in Victoria. Lucky you. Microsoft invests in $8 million research centre. Uh, the Microsoft Centre will identify... New social applications for natural user interface, ooh, or NUI technologies. NUI technologies include voice recognition, gesture control, eye recognition, and touch interactivity. Now, look, uh, I think I did have a picture of something to do with that. No, not that exciting. There it is. Uh, researchers at the center will focus on how best to incorporate these interactive technologies into Microsoft user interfaces. The Microsoft Center for Social National U User Interface Research will be the 14th 
in the company's network of science labs and the first to concentrate on technologies that may one day help strengthen human bodies. <laughs> uh, apparently, they've partnered with the Victorian government to make this all happen. And the centre opened today, Thursday, uh, and it employed and is employing 28 people. So that's pretty cool. I wonder if any of you guys out there listening uh, are one of those. Hmm, interesting. They can give me a job. I'll move down to Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, you want to move down to Melbourne, don't you? Yep. Well, there you go. Come roll on the move. Yeah. Everyone's moving. So when, when are you moving, Glenn? I'm not. Oh, I'm stuck here. <laughs> I've got cable extreme. It's the best I can get, so I'm not, I'm not moving. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, even if you want to move out into the bush, you know, have a bit more of a serene lifestyle, but you can't get no internet. It's rubbish. Yeah, want to move in the bush in Melbourne. No. Yowies. You've seen those fires. Oh, yes. The blackness. Mm. Mm. But you'd be surprised. I'm not sure if you see it that much in Sydney or indeed in that much over there in Perth. But, like, I'm probably fairly surprised at the amount of, like, when I go to people's houses, that um, that their internet is the, a 3G dongle. That's it. Like, I'd, I'd say probably, <clears throat> say, a fifth of the people that I go and see uh, really, the internet is a dongle. Yeah, Jeez. I know, I know. It's just madness. I don't know why. Company we support a lot of their stuff uses that, but um, you know, people people use the three uh, G Telstra dongle at home, but um, they don't realise that if, when they're connected to the uh, corporate network, it's sending down updates for Outlook, updates for mm. Word, Excel software operating system updates and all of this and um if you get a you know two or three hundred meg update it's going to slow everything down so the computer network is hardly usable and then if you only get like 500 megs to a gig a month then you're going to easily go over that and we've had that happen somebody had come to me and they said why is it i've got this really big bill from uh, telstra the 3G, they said the amount that I used up is about five times what I usually used up last month. I said, well, you probably got some updates from the server, some patches, software patches and things, and um, it's just trashed your uh, quota. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I know my little... Uh... Uh, little laptop bandwidth Whoa. for all shows Hello. on the Aussie Tech Heads network. Oh, see, I was just queuing up the next the next thing. I forgot that that auto played. Uh, we'll have a listen to that in a minute. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I turn the automatic updates off on my little laptop that I take around with me because you don't want an update in every five minutes when you're out on the thing. You know, when you're, when you're hot spotted. Geez, no. Geez, yeah. no. Problem is that uh, a lot of the computers are built with automatic updates turned on for. Microsoft mm. update service, and um, you've got so many things that are happening. And it usually says, "Don't notify me when I'm when you're updating." So it happens in the background. Java updates, uh, Adobe updates every five minutes because they're so full of holes. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah. once you've got all of that going on, you know, you, you've just you lost all of your quota. I can't. So you can't really rely on these technologies still, Mister Abbott. <laughs> I can't believe how how many Java updates there are. Well, it's it's every day, just about every second day. It's mental. Now, what you heard before was I was just going to tell you about the AussieTechRadio.com. And look, I'll show you a little picture. It works. Of it. it does work. It does work. And look, these are the shows that are on the radio. Look at those. For those on the video, you are getting a visual feast of tech shows. <laughs> There's the uh, Ozdroid podcast, Geeksphere.tv, uh, 
the eye blind tech. That's what Garth does with the, another guy called Cool Blind Tech. Uh, you know, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Your Tech Life, uh, The Den, when Mark puts his shows out. Uh, the, this show, Aussie Tech Heads, Aussie Mac Zone, and techwebcast.net, aren't they? Is that right, Jase? Techwebcast. Info. Info, that's right. Oh, what a mental blank there. I say it every week and I forgot what it was. All right, uh, yeah, so if you want to, it's a shoutcast little system. So if you want a tech show broadcast to your phone or mobile device, it's uh, aussietechradio.com or get a shoutcast app and search for Aussie Tech Heads. It's cool. Tune in. Tune in and uh, tune up. All right, uh, whose turn is it? Is it. Uh, the uh, Victoria, as you were before, oh, in yes. that deal they were doing with the Victorian government. Big holes discovered in Victorian government cyber security. Ooh. The Victorian government's IT systems are woefully underprepared for a cyber attack, and the state does not have the procedures in place to detect and respond to one the Victorian Auditor General has found. Oh, Auditor yeah. General John Doyle said a concerted attack on multiple agency ICT systems had a potential to be catastrophic and the state additionally had no central mechanism to collect reports on such an attack. Overall, there's a low level of awareness on how an agency's ICT system is likely to perform if subjected to a cyber attack. The report discovered that alongside Western Australia, Shane, hey, hey, the Victorian state government accounts for the highest rate of cyber security incidents among Australians' jurisdictions. Mexicans. In 2012, yeah, well, I've been Victorian off agencies so experienced 26 serious cyber threat incidents, only half of which were reported to the Australian Signals Di Directorate Cyber Security Operations Centre. Mm. Uh, one, one, in one agency audited, 70% of all staff had a privileged level of access to critical systems, which they held on a permanent basis. In a number of cases across the government, the report said passwords guarding administrative access were simple and easy to guess. During penetration testing commissioned by the Auditor General's Office, testers were able to locate unprotected lists of passwords which they then used to gain privilege access to secure systems, including account held on behalf of one agency with an open mm, So things aren't looking too good down there in Victoria. Don't, don't, dun, dun, dun. don't give them your credit card number, will you? For goodness sake. Not the government. Can't trust them. No. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's no good. What's going on with all these security breaches? Like Adobe, I, I, I saw had another one. Is that their second one? Uh, like big security breach with passwords and stuff? I'm pretty sure. I know um, Facebook and uh, Twitter and Yahoo and Google had a problem as well, if you wanted me to go into that story. <laughs> oh, have you got that one? Yep. Yeah, right. Security up. experts have uncovered a trove of some $2 million passwords to websites, including Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Yahoo, from internet users across the globe, researchers with TrustWave Spider Labs said they discovered the credentials while investigating a server in the Netherlands that cyber criminals used to control a massive network of compromised computers known as the Pony Botnet. Mm. <laughs> the company told Reuters on Wednesday that it has reported its findings to the largest of more than 90,000 websites and internet service providers whose customer credentials it had found on the server. Data includes more than 326,000 Facebook accounts. 60,000 Google accounts, more than 59,000 Yahoo accounts, and nearly 22,000 Twitter accounts, according to Spider Labs. Victims were from the US, Germany, Singapore, and Thailand, among other countries. You ever been hacked? Or want any of your accounts ever been hacked? No. That you know of? No? no. Shane? I got the uh, password reset uh, email from Adobe, but that was it. Yeah, oh, did you do it? 
Reset the password, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Why would I want to do that? Yeah. I've got nothing with them. <laughs> well, maybe you're among the most common passwords in yours that they found on this website, including 123456. Don't, that's my password. 15,000 accounts <laughs> and other commonly used credentials, including password, admin, 123, and then just the number one. Number one. What makes and it easy? Zero, 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 zero is the combination to my suitcase. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's funny. Woolies are all big W. That's the combination of theirs as well. All of theirs. <gasps> Jeez, they're pretty slack, aren't they? <laughs> they're pretty What's slack. The world coming to the insecure suitcases are the worst, you know. Oh, to insecure briefs. I just, it's a TSA haven, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been hacked, Shane? That you know? No, nah, the closest the closest I've come, and I still haven't really. I haven't reset the password. Uh, for it yet anyway, but people are more than welcome to my university notes if they really want them. Um, this is my Evernote account. Right. Um, I, the only time that I ran into problems where the bank was doing the right thing but didn't tell me they were doing the right thing is when I bought that wine for um, the Twit Mob because I'd never bought anything from that wine company before. Yeah. They, they stopped my credit card. Oh. oh but they didn't tell me that. Well, so, um, yeah, I went to use Usually it. Usually they're supposed to ring you up and say, hey, there's a, uh, a, a withdrawal coming out of your account for this place. Is that okay? You go, yep, and they go, fine, and do it. They should be cut you off. Cut you off. What a pain. They took you took took him off like a scab. Now, <laughs> uh, consumer hard drives. Here's one. Consumer hard drives, are they just as reliable as enterprise hard drives? I wonder. Well, let's have, let's get uh, Jace's quick thoughts. Jace, have you got a, just a quick thought before I read the story? On the... I would say probably. I mean, um, they, the reliability still has to be pretty strong, and um, I'd say that it's just easier to make the one kind of drive which is uh, relatively reliable. If they found a few problems, they could um, release it as consumer. Mm. I mean, that's what they used to do with processes. Is if they made uh, back in the Pentium days, if they made a 1.8 gigahertz processor and it had some flaws and wouldn't run properly at that speed, but it would run fine at 1.2 gigahertz and they would just release that same processor as a 1.2 gigahertz processor and still make some money on it. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, look, my experience with hard drives, I suppose, is, look, I find them to be very, very reliable. Uh, the bigger ones, that is, the, the desktop machine size, the three, what are the three and a half inch ones? Yep. Um, I find them like, you know, you've, you, you guys probably know yourselves, you know, you guys, you've got machines probably dating back to old XP and maybe before, the hard drives still click over, you know, they, they still go strong. I find that a lot of... Yeah, I give them to Dad. Yeah. <laughs> he gets all my old stuff. I find the ones that fail for me more are the laptop drives. I don't know, maybe because they get more moved around and jolted and shunted and stuff oh, like yeah. that. I'd that say that's... Sense. Yes, but uh, well, I'll, I'll go with this uh, with this story here because according to data from Backblaze, uh, who who are the online storage firm, consumer hard drives don't fail any more often than enterprise grade hardware, despite the price difference. So that's something good to know, isn't it? Backblaze runs most of its storage on consumer grade drives, but also has a selection of enterprise class systems from Dell and EMC. Over four years, uh, Backblaze 
has tracked 14,719 drive years. That's a lot, isn't it? Representing the number of drives it has multiplied by their lifespan, finding 613 failures, which equates to 4.2%. So that's not too bad. They've got a lot of drives, obviously. Um, 4.2, you call it 4%. We'll round that down. What, what's 0.2 amongst friends? So 4% of drives fail. Uh, that's probably acceptable, I, I would imagine. That's probably within the realms of acceptability. You'd obviously prefer zero. But but anyway, for enterprise-grade drives, Backblaze clocked up 368 dr drive years with 17 failures, uh, equating that out to 4.6%. So apparently now the difference in drive years is because they've only been using enterprise drives for, for the last two years. So that's why they, there's not as many hours. But it turns out the consumer drive failure rate does go up after three years. So that's why you probably get a three-year warranty. Uh, but you thought, bing. Uh, yeah, bing, bing. <laughs> but, all three of, but all three of the first three years are pretty good, they reckon. So no data on enterprise drives older than two years. Yeah, I said that. Blah, blah, blah. So engineer Brian Beach. Oh, Brian BB. BB says, enterprise drives do do have one advantage, longer warranties. That's a benefit only if the higher price you pay for the longer warranty is less than what you would expect to pay on replacing the drive. This leads to an obvious conclusion. If you're okay with buying the replacements yourself after the warranty is up, then buy the cheaper consumer drives. So and go. these days, I mean, when you've got cloud backups galore that come out your wazoo for free, you know, gigs and gigs, Microsoft, SkyDrive, Google, um, Dropbox, Box.net, there's so yeah. many of them that are even free and they're with these enterprises that you're going to trust, Apple, then um, you've got no real worry for 4%. I mean, if you've got all of your important documents and such, which is in the cloud and sync there all the time, and your hard drive hits that 4% within three years, then you yeah. just go out, get another hard drive, put your windows back on, and away you go again. So that sort of leads me to ask the question, and I've often pondered at sitting here by myself some days when I'm all alone. I've often pondered, you know, I've got a Windows Home server, and the drives in that, they must be, well, what's Home Server, the first version? When was that released? 2009? Would that be right? So these drives are over three years old. Like when should you should you wait until the system says your drive is failing, or should you just uh, just replace them at a at an interval every five years? Depends on what kind of system you've got. Have you got any mirroring or RAID or something? Yes. Well, or is I, that just your one place with your data? You might want to think about <laughs> yes. getting something new in the meantime. Yeah. Well, no, it's not my only. Part. I'm a backup freak because I've got backups all over the show, including the cloud, and also redundancy on the server. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to lose anything. But just, you know, you just I just don't want any drive to fail because it's just be a pain in the backside, especially with this first Windows Home server to replace one. So, um. Yeah, so uh, as long as it's got built-in redundancy into your NAS, then there's not really too much of a problem. And we got a Synology NAS downstairs that's got four, three terabyte drives, I think, in it. And if one of them fails, it's not a problem because you can hot swap it, so you can pull it out while it's still going and oh, throw that, that one out, jam another one in, and it'll instantly rebuild everything, and you back up and mirror it again. So yeah, and well, they're not that much expensive. It's worthwhile if you're going to have a 
home mm. information, even if it's just your movies that uh, you fell off the back of the internet. <coughs> <laughs> and hit your hard drive yes yeah so it's hard to, it's, it's a difficult question isn't it like but but as you said i'm fully redundant so <laughs> so uh, i can um yeah i'll i'll just keep no comment. It, yeah, i'll just keep it there until i get the error one day and that one day will come no doubt all right the drive prices are just coming down all the time so if you bought it now you'd be cheating yourself out i mean it might last another couple of years and you'll have five terabyte drives you can whack in for the same price by then yeah, well, that's right. Well, what, what's a what's a two terabyte drive now? It's about a hundred dollars, something yep. like that. So yeah, cheap as chips. You can already get four terabytes, so not too far away. Yeah, and you know, like you're starting to get all the USB three devices now because I've got uh, off the internet a USB three toaster. You know, just plugging into USB three motherboards and just everything. I've just, yeah, I just got on eBay one night. And I just went, all right, I want a USB 3 toaster, I want a USB hub, I want a USB 3 uh, drive data transfer kit thing. And, you know, I think I spent about 50 bucks and got the whole lot. So it was good. Might as well. Might as well. Put all the USB 2 crap in the car. Use that out on the road where it's nice and slow. Make some money. My <laughs> USB purchase from eBay is a um, power um, plug that's got uh, four USB ports in the back that have each got 2.1 amps in them. Mm. Fantastic. You can just yep. plug your, I can plug in my Pebble watch, my phone and my tablet, charge them all from the one um, plug. Yeah, okay, that's you know, all right. With all these different plugs jammed in it everywhere, you just got the one plug and everything goes into that. Fantastic. Yeah, Great to travel too, because you don't have to carry around half a dozen uh, plugs with you for each device. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Uh, Shane, are you still awake over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it all in. <laughs> good, good. We're going to have a test. Now, when Jason said, <laughs> now, <laughs> what, uh, what story, what, what do you want, where do you want to take us? I want to follow on from the um, whole passwordy thing that we were talking about before. And uh, Jason said that he, you know, people were using zeros as passwords and things like that. Yes. What's the what's the one thing that you would hope that where zeros weren't used as Oh, oh, oh I know, Mr. Katea, Mr. Katea. But I won't say it. I'll let you do that one. When the one thing that zeros weren't used <laughs> in when? Zeros yeah. are used for password. Zero, 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 zero. One thing that yeah. you don't want that to be the password for. Um, my briefcase. No. A little no. bit bigger than a briefcase. Yeah, uh, and more and more explosive power. Yeah. Oh, the 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 chest I keep my fishing dynamite in. No, what <laughs> chain? What is it? What is it? Stumbled across a story. Yes. Where for twenty years, Ooh. apparently the launch codes for the nuclear for nuclear weapons in America, all the silos, all of them, uh, were set at eight zeros. No way. Are you serious? Wow. Yes. wow. Eight. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, cool. it oh, gets oh, worse. Well, no, well, they, no, nothing went off, so I think that's worst case scenario. But yeah, well, how does it get worse? Well, not only were they set at eight zeros, um, in their in their documentation of like you know their little checklist. Yeah. In case you didn't know that they were set at eight zeros, in there it said launch code is eight zeros. <laughs> what and happened? then the third. What happened to the the, the, the two other... the two key system? The two keys. Oh, that's what's replaced know. it. Well, no, well, I think that's kind of like one of the steps. But then the other, the third 
kind of freaky thing was, and this is all during the Cold War and um, it was all about, you know, trying to be able to react quick enough to, you know, if, if Russia had launched their nuclear weapons first and all that kind of stuff. So the other, the, the last thing that they did to kind of save time was that the launch codes were like the, the little tumbleweed thingos were set at eight zeros. So people didn't even have to go up to the thing and kind of muck around with it. It was already set at the launch code. <laughs> so be no good if you're, if you're, if you're sitting at the, the, the launch keyboard and you just, just go on, damn zero <laughs> key, why doesn't this work? <laughs> there it goes. Exactly. You, didn't, you didn't have your morning coffee and you fell asleep on the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you bought one of those dipping birds in the... <laughs> yeah, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> and you oh no, I've lost my job now. <laughs> and half of Russia. Whoops. <laughs> Half of the East Coast. That's terrible. Is this one of those Snowden revelations or what? Uh, I think it might have come from that, actually. I don't know. Uh, today I found out that during the height of the Cold War, the US military put such an emphasis on rapid response to an attack uh, on American soil that's minimised any foreseeable delay in launching a nuclear missile the, a, for nearly two, uh, two decades or 20 years. They intentionally set the launch codes at every silo in the U.S. to eight zeros. Wow. We guess the first thing that we need to address is um, how this has even come about. So they go into the fact that there was like an old system called PAL, which stood for Permissive Action Link. Um, but basically, JFK wrote some sort of law or whatever they call it over there to replace all that with this with this other thing or um, PAL actually re replaced uh, the previous one. I can't remember how it actually went. NTSC. But anyway, in any event, for 20 years, up until, um, I think it was the story goes on to say, I think it was 2004. Um, that can't be right if it was like in the 60s, because that only takes up to the 80s. Now, this is... But it's all changed now anyway. So you can't sort of, you know... Yeah, it's, it's one, not, two, three, four, five, zero, six, seven, eight. eight. It's a lot more difficult. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. But, but even like, could you imagine like someone, you, you're giving the instruction to launch even, like say there was a, a war and there, that has to be launched, not just by mistake, but you need it to go. And so you're ringing up and you say to the person at the other end, hey, Dan, listen, I'll give you the launch code. Oh, 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 nothing happens. He's pushing the wrong key. Well, that's a bad password for, for, for many, <laughs> on many fronts. But just interestingly, uh, put your tinfoil hat on here for a second. But I just went to link it to that story that you sent me about that. It's been taken yeah, it down. Didn't work. No, it's taken down. So they mustn't. No, you, if you if you do a yeah, because I freaked out when I saw that, and I thought, oh yeah, they're taking it down. But if you actually do a search for it under launch codes on Gizmodo, you find it again. Because <laughs> right. I was in such a rush. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh, I thought you know, oh, better better tread lightly. I wonder why you didn't put the picture up. <laughs> well, I couldn't find it because it's not. It didn't link properly. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So that, what these are, are not the launch codes you're looking for. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> These... Nothing to see. You move on. <laughs> That's right. Now, what what else have I got here? Uh, oh, here we go. Office three six five. We all know what Office three six five is, don't we? It's well, it's Office in the cloud by Microsoft. Is now free for students under Microsoft Student Advantage program. Schools and universities that purchase licenses for Office Professional Plus or Pro Plus can provide Office three six five Pro Plus to their students at no additional cost. Well, wacky do to those little dudes. Microsoft launched its student advantage offer in Australia earlier this month. 
The company claims 35,000 academic institutions worldwide are positioned to benefit from the Student Advantage Program. Now, the guy that was in charge of the program or in charge of the whatever it is, um, he said that the reason why they're giving it away for free to the students is like everything, they want to hook them into the Office ecosystem, Microsoft ecosystem. And he said everything, it's, he, said, he went on the go on about, um, it's all about the ecosystems. That's, I think that's where he's, he's pretty much on the money. As we've been Lock it in, well. Eddie. Lock it in, you know, like, look at me. iPhone, Apple ecosystem, only mobiles though. Uh, but, but then I've looked, Jace, your, your uh, Android ecosystem. You escaped, <laughs> but now did you find that hard? Like, or, or, or uh, I don't know, not, just, 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 just uh, a, 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 a chore to change. It was quite easy to do, and um, just the same, similar sort of experience. Just think you get your Google account, and uh, everything seems with that from now on. But what about? Did you, have, you have to rebuy yeah. a lot of stuff? Yeah. So you had a lot of. Did you have much content in the Apple verse? I uh, probably spent hundreds on games and things. So, right. You know. But they'll, they'll still be there if you ever decide to come back. That's right, yeah. And on any device that I get in the future. Yeah. What's your, uh, what, have you, what have you passed down to your daughter? Have you said you must go... iPad Mini. Oh, she'll be using your account then. Does she use Her your... account. Oh, she doesn't use your account. There'll be all these games on it. No? She likes her own little... No. Hair salon account? Have you got that hair salon game? And... It does have hair salons. She has Sally's bar and things like that. Yeah, and does she send you emails all the time with a little picture of what she's created? <laughs> oh, My the... little pet shop. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, did you have any more stories, Jace? Sure do. Hit me a double-sided oh. smartphone goes on sale in Russia. Russia's first smartphone, a quirky dual-screen device with traditional LCD color display on one side and electronic paper display similar to the Amazon Kindle on the other, began selling in Russia and several other European countries on Wednesday. The Yota phone, developed by a Russian tech startup Yota Devices, will be sold for about 19,990 rubles, $668 US in Russia, slightly cheaper than the top competitors like Apple iPhone 5 and the Samsung Galaxy S4. The Russian phone, which uses an Android operating system, is an attempt by a European company to jump into the handset market largely dominated by US and Asian manufacturers. Nokia, the largest mobile phone maker in Europe, is in the final stages of selling that business to Microsoft for $7.2 billion. Jolla, a smaller Finnish startup founded by former Nokia engineers, has only recently started selling its own handset aimed at a global audience. So uh, what happens with this device is on one side it's got a normal LCD, so you can play your usual Android games and things. But if you just want to uh, look at some maps with a relatively still image or read a book and flip over the other side of it, you've got a little black and white e-paper screen there and you use up only a tiny fraction of your battery power while that's going. Plus, it's a much nicer display for your eyes if for a, a long time reading. Now, you were saying that it, uh, it's, it's... So is it the same screen? Is it a dual LCD? Is it LCD on both sides? LCD on one side and e-paper on oh, the other side. Oh, okay, like, right. Yeah, so the e-paper... Like people's smartwatch, same sort of thing. All right, so then the e-paper screen must be a bit cheaper. That must... Obviously... Well, also, with, with those things, uh, it mostly only draws current when the image changes. Right. So yeah, that's pretty... got a lot of text on there. Hmm. While you're reading it, it's not going to be using up any battery. You turn the page, it uses a tiny spike so of battery, a... and then it's back to normal again. 
Yeah. Look, that's uh, they look pretty interesting, don't they? So yeah, they said the electronic display on the back of the Otaphone will show information including feeds from Facebook and Twitter, even when the phone is not in use. He said before the Otaphone, this space was useless. Well, it'll put the the case covers out of action, won't it? It'll get rid of those. Definitely, we out of you could have your uh, you could have a Doctor Who screen on the back. That's right. A changing picture, go through all the different. Yes. 12 or 13 doctors or however oh, many there are Oh, don't start now. that debate. <laughs> Who knows how many there are? They're just too many. Uh, and then when you want to throw in the movie doctor as well, eh? Uh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> 14. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, not not that the movie, TV movie, the movie movie. Uh, all right. Yeah, so that's a... So run that... Yeah, that's all right, isn't it? That's a good little uh, idea. I don't know if I'd have a use for it, but I'd like one. Or a lot of uh, text manuals or something like that, you know. Yeah. If it had an Amazon Kindle app that uh, showed on the back of that, you know, it was fantastic. I'd like one of those, actually. That, that, that could be my next phone. Uh, Shano's, what are you doing? As long as you can, as long as you can read Russian. <laughs> no, I, I stay relatively still when I read. I get motion sickness. Right, the next story I'm going to do... Is go oh. is uh, Foxtel uh, in a bit to be more relevant and to an increasingly distracted TV audience? Foxtel is about to start selling consumer bundle plans, including ADSL and NBN uh, home broadband. Australia's largest pay TV provider will start offering bundles to home cu- uh, home customers that include. Everything from broadband internet through to the home phone plans and, of course, TV service. So basically, um, like where I've got my Foxtel and um, yeah, my Foxtel through Telstra, they're going to do the other thing. I'd actually, through Foxtel, would get my home phone and my internet service. I think what the, these people got to look at, and I know I tweeted the other week about it, is like, you know, I turned on to the Sky News channel. And I, I sat there, and no word of a lie, it was probably, it was like top of the hour, just after top of the hour. I was waiting, I think it was between, the, say, the news headlines and Paul Murray Live or something, and somewhere around that, you know, somewhere around that space. And it was like five minutes of ads, you know? And then, so like, I'd finished doing what I was doing. I thought, oh, I just want to watch the news for a sec, or just turn over. So for, after about four minutes, I said, this is a joke, and normally I just would have turned off. But I wanted to see how many ads are actually going to, pack into this little segment like how i'm just thinking and every other ad that came on i'm just going these guys have got to be kidding me and it was like five minutes of ads and i thought that's disgraceful and no wonder people turn off and uh, and what are you what are we paying for i thought we're paying for this get rid of the news channels get rid of the stuff people don't want just make it work but yeah so uh <laughs> but anyway um well, well let's see how the internet goes eh that's my little soapbox rant <laughs> Continued from Twitter onto the show. I'll stop now. <laughs> I'm over it. Has it always been that way, or is it getting worse? I think it's getting worse. I think if Foxtel, when it first started, was was uh, under under uh, law not to show ads or something uh, between in between uh, within the shows. They had to wait till the end of the show. So as soon as that law lapsed or finished. Uh, then, yeah, it's just hell for leather. They started and, doing house ads for other channels and then right. sneak in the odd PSA and then, whoops, there's an ad and now we've got tons of ads. Now it's just commercial ads, just commercial TV, yeah. but you've got to pay $120 a month for it. You know, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, 
What what is he going to pay on? 128, $120 a month for ads anyway. Well, yeah, that's right, and the, and they wonder why they're they're slowing down. Like you know, especially when you've got the the um, say you got T box. So what what well, you can buy a movie off there for five bucks. So if you're into movies. Well, therefore, instead of Fox, that's 20 movies a month, which you're not going to watch anyway, and you still wouldn't be up to $120. So you watch, then you say you want to watch um, TV shows. Well, you know, you can buy episodes of what off iTunes and that for, what, $3 or something? Is that how much episodes are? Yep. Or yes. get, a, get a little uh, Google Chrome device or a similar yep. Android one. There's tons of them on eBay for like $20, $30, and you could buy them mm. from Google Movies. So watch I think, it on YouTube, watch yeah. it from somewhere get a netflix get a quick flicks yeah that's exactly right so i mean like i think you know the 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 box at the end of the cable is is running out the only thing that foxtel is good for for me this is i'm talking just for me is for the footy for nrl when it's on but but the rest of the eight months of the year or the six months of the year useless don't care about it don't watch it but, um, yeah, the amount of compression they do to the HD channel, so it doesn't even look HD anymore. It's not really worthwhile. Oh, I don't even have HD, but is that true? Is it? Yeah, they compress the hell out of everything. So uh, even uh, if you've got something that is HD, a lot of the stuff that they rebroadcast is also only in standard definition anyway. Yes. But um, the ones that they do have in HD, because the bandwidth is so limited, the amount of stuff they're trying to squeeze through there, they compress the hell out of it. So mm. it just looks so blocky and crap anyway. So. Yes, well, I know. Well, if I got the NRL anyway, else, <laughs> you know, I'd be ta-da, ta-da, Foxtel, but uh, I can't. So it, can't I'll, you watch that on Big Pond? Not live. No, oh, okay. Foxtel's got that sign. I suppose. Oh, you can get them live on your iPad, but you can't throw them up on AirPlay or anything. You can't do that. So uh, yeah, look, I suppose. Well, I don't pay 120 a month anyway, because I don't have that. I don't even have the full package. I've only got Barry Basic anyway, just so I can watch the footy. And oh look, Kim will watch. She'll find something to watch. Like Housewives of the OC or some crap. Tapes. Oh my god. But anyway, yeah, so she gets a two dollars worth, I suppose. Uh, all right. Where am I up to? Where am I up to? Uh, did you finish with that story, Shane? Would you add more to add to that? Sorry, I think. No, pretty much. I was trying to find if they had like pricing and that kind of stuff, but I couldn't see whether they got that. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting. I reckon. And the and the other big overhaul that we've got to go through is if you subscribe to the internet, why the hell do you need a landline if you don't want one? Get rid of it. Yeah. I know it's sub, that's their you know bread and butter subsidises maybe blah blah blah, but no nah, rubbish. All right, uh, Windows update has the new Windows has been named. Un, un, well not, it's been unleashed, unearthed, because it hasn't been officially named, but it's been codenamed Threshold. How's that? Windows Threshold. Hmm. Coming at 2015. So that's a little while away. But uh, is it going to be any good? We'll see. Microsoft has codenamed the next wave of major Windows releases Threshold and plans to deliver the updates in autumn 2015. That's what, now about a year and a half. The Threshold codename was used in a recent internal email from the company's operating systems chief, Terry Myerson. So, yeah. What are they going to give us next? I wonder. I can't wait. Can you? Uh, Jace, what else have you got for us? Take us back from the threshold, please. On Sunday, 60 Minutes, uh, Bezo, Jeff Bezos from Amazon dragged Charlie Rose out of his black background studio into the Amazon headquarters to show off Amazon Prime Air. 
octocopters, tiny electric drone aircraft that he believes could someday bring packages directly to customers' homes and offices. I know this looks science fiction, Bezos tells a jaw drop rose. It's not. It's early. This is still years away. We can do half-hour delivery, and we can carry objects, we think, up to five pounds, which covers 86% of the items that we, can, we deliver. Bezos says the current generation of test drones have a 10-mile radius from fulfillment center. Given the growing number of Amazon warehouses out there, it would cover quite a substantial portion of some major metro areas. It won't work for everything, he admits. We're not going to carry kayaks or table saws this way. Oh. I like most currently operating drones that are remotely piloted by someone on the ground with the monitoring controls. These Amazon copters do the flying themselves. You give them instructions of which GPS coordinates to go to, and they take off and they fly to those GPS coordinates, explains Bezos. The hard part here is putting in all the redundancy, all the reliability, all the systems you need. This thing can't land on somebody's head while they're walking <laughs> around their neighborhood. That's not good. He admits the project is still years away from becoming a reality. We talked about this yeah. uh, a couple of months ago in Australia from March next year, impending regulatory approval. Students will be able to order books from Zucal via an Android smartphone app and have one of the six flirty drones deliver them to their door in Sydney. As the drone arrives, students will be able to track it real time on a Google map. So uh, we're already going to have that kind of thing. And they are going to, uh, Flirty is the company in Australia. They're going to hope to expand the service to other products and locations, even seeing the potential to deliver food and drinks to people and blood to and from blood banks and hospitals in the future. I wouldn't worry about them landing on me yet. I'd worry about them falling on me yet. What, what I'd be worried about over in the US if somebody's got their shotgun out, they might get themselves <laughs> Repackage. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Well, that's right. I well, I can't see this taking off, but um, taking off. Very good. Very good. I like that one. But uh, you know, they're trying. They're trying. <laughs> so, and so are you. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe Amazon will land this one, eh? So we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to wait and Zing! see. <laughs> He's on fire tonight, folks. Oh, I'm on fire. Microsoft will beef up encryption. Fearing NSA surveillance. Now, look, I had to put this one in, although it was an interesting little story, but it also gave me a chance to get another Steve Balmer rude head. Yes, <laughs> I'll show you in a second. Microsoft plans to roll out a new encryption and security measure in response to possible national security agency surveillance on the company. What? They're getting spied on? Windows? No. No definitive evidence has surfaced to prove that the NSA broke into the company's global communication or monitored user actions, but documents leaked by Edward Snowden, he's causing a bit of problems, isn't he? <laughs> include, include reference, got, he's got people scuttlebutting all around. Uh, include references to Microsoft's Hotmail and Windows Live Messenger. Well, that's not going to get them too far now, is it? Live Messenger? Let's add the bullet. A uh, separate NSA email also mentioned that Microsoft Passport. I've heard of it. I'll never really use that. Well, as a potential target of the surveillance project Muscular, Google, Yahoo, and Twitter already increased their encryption methods following NSA revelations. Now, here is a pitch, my, my picture of Steve. Oh, we're going to miss Steve, aren't we? We're going to miss him. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. There you are, Steve. He's holding the NSA logo with his mouth open like he's going to, something's going to fly into it. <laughs> he's going to eat the logo. <laughs> yes. Something on the end of a fishing line might fly into it. All right. He looks like a hungry kind of fellow. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a rich man too. All right, uh, Shane, you got any more stories? 
I had the um, I had the Amazon drone thing. Yep. Uh, I got a uh, MBM one. Um, it's just basically a, a leaked report um, saying that the MBN is going to miss its delivery targets and make less money than the um, fibre of the home. So uh, basically saying what it's saying, there's a leaked report saying that the coalition's version of the MBN is going to miss delivery targets and make less money than the uh, Labor's version of the NBN. Um, which is uh, Malcolm Turnbull basically tried to backpedal and deny it, saying it was an early report. Um, things have changed since then. The advice contained in the in this report is called the Blue Book. The advice contained in the Blue Book from experts says that the FTN or fibre to the node rollout will struggle to complete the first stage of the 25 megabit network deployment by 2016, meaning that the delivery date of 2019 for 50 megabit services uh, will be pushed back. So obviously it looks yeah. like, and I didn't know this, it looks like that they're doing theirs in stages, which I mean makes sense, but it looks like that they're doing it in stages based on speed. So they're doing the, the slower ones and then they'll move up to the faster and so on. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's disappointing for people who are after the MBN, isn't it? Um, like me. But anyway, but anyway, look, look, look on the bright side. Maybe these little cabinets on the on the road there that this picture comes from you can see is that in that craig is that craig rucastle is that his name and uh he's inside a telstra uh communications tin on the side of the road you know could double as a homeless shelter so you know that's that's a it's a win-win situation so. better than a st finney's bin oh much better much better there's a door on it you'd have to climb out the flat you can get back out <laughs> right now google kicks oh what's the time geez let's let, let's go google kicks cyanogen mod out of the android store now he said this the other week cyanogen mod in the android store now it's been booted out and i'll tell you why in a sec i'll just find the graphic for those on the video because i know people on video just don't want to look at me all day long but uh there's a graphic early this month the cyanogen mod app was released in the google store making it easier for users to replace their existing version of android cyanogen mod doesn't include any of the network handset manufacturer customizations that irritate many android users or you may also know it as bloatware that comes similar to that that comes on a pc when you buy it from the likes of harvey norman joyce main and a few other of those other pay places uh, however, the Energy Mod team claim Google has effectively forced them to withdraw the app as it breaks the company's developer terms. A post on the Energy Mod blog says they, Google, advised us to voluntarily remove the application or they would be forced to remove it administratively. Why wouldn't you just let them do it themselves? Why, why, why waste your time? Google, Google's decision doesn't kill the CyanogenMod project. It can still be installed as before, but by following the instructions on the CyanogenMod site. There you go. All right, uh, Jace, do you have any more? Or you're That's just, it for me. You're about done. Shane, do you have any more? I don't have any more stories, but I have a thing to contribute to that last story. Yes. Um, and Jace, you probably be able to, you know, chirp in here. I got the HTC One, got the 4.3 upgrade the other day. Yep. And ever since, my battery will go flat within hours. And I've Googled it, and they reckon it's different things from that the new 4.3 thing turns on the location stuff by default. If you turn that off, then, you know, you'll be fine and all this kind of stuff. But I didn't have to turn features off before. Why, Jason? Why? Yeah, why, Jace? 
come on. Come on. <laughs> well, I guess it's got, as I was saying, it's got a lot more features on there now to do that kind of thing. But uh, I run a little uh, program on mine that's free from the Google Play Store called Snapdragon Battery Guru. And it learns uh, when you use your apps, how often you use them and uh, in what situations. And it monitors for a couple of days to see what you're doing. And then uh, it'll try and cut down the battery usage of apps. It also alerts you which apps you're using the most. And um, another thing that I like about it is you can set the apps when they're allowed to refresh their data. So if you only use Facebook in the mornings, the afternoons, you can tell it that Facebook can only uh, refresh the data when you actually open Facebook. Otherwise, it just that it can't um, access your data at all, which will save you a lot of battery there because it won't be running in the background. You can also set it to periodically update or very minimalistic. Uh, hardly update anything at all. So um, I would recommend getting something like that. It's a free app called Snapdragon Battery Guru. Ooh. But why should I have to change my behavior just because I've upgraded to a different firmware? Obviously, doesn't that imply that there's something wrong with the firmware if it's going through the battery quicker? I haven't well, changed how I use the phone. Or something, then I guess uh, probably location services are one of the biggest battery drains. and. Things like Facebook and um, other apps like that are going to be watching your location all the time. Mm. Yes. I, I, I think... haven't had the same, but my problem is that my phones are always on charge, whether I'm at home or in the office. I've always got them plugged into a charger, so I can't really say if I have the same problem on mine. Yeah, look, I, don't, I get about a day out of my, well, I've got an iPhone, I get about a day out of it. I don't know, do you have, I, I think that things that were chewing my battery with my iPhone, I noticed that, I, which I have turned off, which, you know, all these location, uh, location awareness app things, well, you know, you, you turn location awareness off for, say, your banking app, you know, or you turn your location awareness off for, oh, I don't know, you know, Angry Birds, <laughs> you know, all this sort of stuff. This <laughs> stuff that you don't really care where, if the phone knows where you are, turn them off because that all accesses the GPS. Yeah, even and... uh, camera applications. I mean, I downloaded a camera app for my um, Asus Nexus 7 tablet and it said this application wants to access your location. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be geotagging mm. on my tablet where I am for photos. I just want to take a few photos. So, no, you can't have access to that and deny it. Yeah, and I think another thing is I turned off uh, search for Wi-Fi networks. You know, so it's not, not if you were out and about, it's not always continually just searching, 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 trying yeah. to grab a network. That's why a minor update like that's caused it. I can't really say. I'd have to look into it. Yeah. It shouldn't uh, make that much of a big difference, but if it is uh, something, something's not going quite right with it. Yeah. All right, and uh, and finally, we've had a comment in the lounge from PA. Is it just me, or is everyone in the video short and fat? No. I was always short and fat. <laughs> I don't think it's just you, PA. <laughs> no, I don't know. It might we, be. We're geeks, PA. We're not athletes. That's right. No, look, I think as it streams, uh, the flash media encoder does. Do I look like someone who does sports. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tennis maybe. Uh, how's the cricket going? We got us a few wickets today, but we'll be back. Adelaide Oval looks good, doesn't it? All done up in its nice new grandstands and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, sports mm. stuff. Yeah, but the cricket, oh, I love the cricket. Sitting here on a hot day, air conditioner on, cricket on. What else do you want? What more do you want? And beer. Well, oh, I've got, I got one of those tap kings. 
Did you? A nice coolie. Oh, yum, yum. But I've got a... <laughs> You've heard of those uh, Tap Kings? No. No? Get out of here. They're everywhere. They're on the... You know, Lionel Richie did them on the ad and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, where well, he's in the fridge. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> you buy a big bottle of uh, beer... And it's, it's a 3.2 litre bottle. It's, a, it's about like a big bottle of Coke, you know, but it's just full of beer. Yep. And, you, and you also buy a, a dispenser. And like, it's a bit of a rip-off. Like, dispenser's 30 bucks. And the 3.2 litres is about, you get two of those for 30 bucks. Uh, but, you know, and, it, and it, when you pour it, you, put, you stick it in the fridge and it, you just pour it like and it's supposed to taste like keg beer, tap beer. It's not too bad. It's, it's all right. Not bad. Uh, yeah, it's all right. does me. I think it, I worked thirty bucks for a dispenser. I think I can buy more beer. Well, this is true. But what I'm going to look at is I've got to do a few YouTube things because with the the bottles, it's got its own it's got its own little uh, gas cylinder in it. You know, probably like the the soda streams. Right. And I'm thinking, I wonder if there's a way that you could like say make your own home brew, and and re re put another gas cylinder in it and just reuse the whole apparatus, but it's just got home brew in it. So, yeah. hmm, I'll get on to that one. Let's see how we go. Report back to us. I will. <laughs> I will. If I come on the show, I'm, uh, you know it worked. <laughs> how will we tell any difference to every other week? Um, probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> probably more burps. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, I think that just about brings us to the end of the show. And oh, we have gone over time, so sorry about that. In, in case you're in case you're one of those time clock more of us freaks. A what? The more of us, the merrier. That's right. Exactly. Uh, you know, we won't charge you anything extra for the extra time either. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. So yes, that is the end of episode three hundred and seventy. So thanks for popping in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for the lounge. AussieTechheads.com.au forward slash lounge. That's not right. <laughs> AussieTechheads.com.au forward slash live. Uh, in the lounge <laughs> every Thursday night. Don't forget Aussie Max Zone, same address, uh, live on Tuesday nights and also available in iTunes, video and audio. That's uh, if you want to hit, get more into just the Mac side of things and Apple, iOS and all that sort of things. Uh, Jason and Michael are very knowledgeable on Mac and Garth pops in every now and then as well. So that's not too bad going off over there. That Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads and youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads or get the YouTube off the link or the, the embedded video off the front of the web page. Look, I know the web page is a little bit slow at the moment. I've got to, I don't know why. Uh, it's something to do with probably some of the extensions on the Joomla, so I've got to go through it, but if you can put up with it, you know, go and have a check it out. And also the paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper, uh, delivered twice a day. And your free apps. And me free apps on the Facebook. Jace, you do the the Android app of the day, and um, like I'm trying to do the face the uh, iOS one, but I've been getting up pretty early these days. I'm bloody, you know, just going through them quickly. Going, they're all photo. They're all the same things, aren't they? They're just photo apps and and just every list. every everything made by XNView has been released free. Everything made by Runkeeper has been yeah. released free, <laughs> and every other live wallpaper thing. Yes. Sometimes I just can't be bothered posting another one. Oh, no, that, yeah, that's right. But, but just keep an eye on it. Like it might not be every day now, uh, but it might be every second day. Or hopefully, if it's not an, if it, there's no Android one there, there'll be an iOS. But you, you get the idea, okay? Just 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 like us, just like us. And uh, if you like it, you can do something with it. If you don't, well, you just bugger it off. There, <laughs> easy. All Done. right, cool. Uh, have I done everything? I think so. Jace, thanks for coming in. 
We, no worries. We'll see you next week. Yeah, uh, catch you next week. We're not so short back and sides because it would have grown yep. by then. It? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Very fast, too fast. <laughs> and uh, Shane, thanks for coming in. No worries at all. See you next week. All right. Good stuff. And once again, thanks for downloading. Thanks for your support for 370 shows. All right. Till next week. Bye-bye.